Welcome to the Chiropractors Association of Australia podcast. The CAA is the peak body representing chiropractors in Australia. Hosted by Dr. Anthony Coxon, these podcasts explore the science, art, philosophy and politics of chiropractic, as well as the latest research and how chiropractors can strive for excellence in practice. Well, hello again and welcome to the Chiropractors Association of Australia podcast. We're continuing today with a a series where we're speaking to the upcoming keynote speakers at the CAA annual conference, which uh, is 21st to 22nd of October in Canberra. For those of you that don't already have your tickets, make sure you, uh, you register soon. Our last podcast, we had the, the uh, privilege of speaking with Professor Jürgen Vormann, and uh, it was all about uh, um, probably the most common, I would say, mineral supplement that, uh, uh, that the chiropractors use in magnesium. Well, today we're talking about probably the most common problem full stop that chiropractors deal with when we really think about it, and I'm not talking so much in terms of symptoms, but chiropractic analysis, really fundamental to what we do is certainly uh, posture, and that's true of, um, I guess, most manual therapists. So today's uh, topic is strong posture, assessment, and rehab for pain relief, performance, and successful aging. And I'm going to be speaking with um, Stephen Weiniger. Now, Stephen uh, is from the US, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, in fact, although you might be able to pick his accent that he's not originally from there. Uh, And he's the creator of a free posture app and strong posture exercise, both designed to facilitate posture awareness. He helps chiropractors globally uh, to position themselves as posture specialists by creating posture awareness and then teaching patients to functionally uh, strengthen their balance, the way they balance and align and move. Now, Stephen uh, has a certified posture program, which we'll definitely be talking about today. Um, and it's, we'll be discussing his program and all basically all things uh, related to posture. So, hi, Stephen. Uh, welcome to the CAA podcast. Anthony, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, I didn't actually have this conversation with you in our little uh, chat just uh, before going, going live. Did I, did I pronounce your surname correctly? Yes, you did, Stephen Weiniger. Okay, that is I. There we go. I got it in one. Lucky that. Okay, so look, um, look. Thank you, first of all, for making time out to to be a part of the CAA podcast. How about we begin with just giving our listeners a little bit about uh, background about you and how you became involved in the business of posture. That's a really good question because uh, it was not a straight line path by any means. Um, I graduated from New York Chiropractic College, which is more of a um, uh, evidence-based um, mixer back in the day, kind of a kind of a school, got a great education in 1980. And I promptly left New York and moved down to Atlanta, Georgia, down the road from Life College, which was at the other end of the profession's philosophic spectrum. And so being active in practice uh, for many people in the Georgia area, there was more of a philosophic rather than a uh, research-grounded approach to to chiropractic. And my personal approach is helping patients and having it be evidence-supported and, and scientific. And one of the um, observations that I had was many times I help people, but their problems kept on coming back and when you step back a little bit and look at it it's not surprising because they do the same things and they move the same way 
along the way, um, I got very much into rehab to try to work out how to get people to move differently. And um, I spent time ultimately in Prague studying with Dr. Vladimir Yanda uh, at, at the Czech School of Rehab in, in Prague. And I studied with Dr. Yanda a number of times in the U.S. as well. And to make a really long story short, I ended up developing protocols that integrated Dr. Yanda's work with a lot of the concepts of yoga. Some people say, what, what are the strong posture protocols uh, based on? It's a mashup of Yanda and yoga. And Yanda was great. I learned a lot from him, but he was in a socialistic uh, healthcare system that it wasn't a matter of people choosing you. It was a matter of you went to the doctor and you went through the system and it was very much socialistic. Um, when I asked him, well, how do you deal with people that you have to educate enough to get them to want to come to you versus going to have a, a, a pharmaceuticals or surgery, his response was very classic. Uh, Jan, who was an Eastern European professor, with the response of, that's your problem. And so along the way, we developed ways of, uh, of basically systematizing a lot of exercises. And the more we systematized things, the more we saw that they fell into categories. And the more that we dropped them into categories, we saw that they could be progressed and you could see where there were weaknesses. And so ultimately, we developed very, very, very tightly tracked protocols along three tracks to work with our patients. And because we had different people within the practice teaching it, it became necessary to document, okay, exactly how we're doing it so that no matter who taught the patient, it was doing the exact same process with the patient so that they could learn the, the, the exercises. And one thing led to another and we started teaching others. And then that became the question of how do you communicate this to others? And from there, we ended up writing Stance Hall of Longer and Anti-Aging Strategy, which integrated some of the concepts that we had talked about into a more um, rigorous way of communicating biomechanics. Not being complex, being common sense, but in a framework that no matter who you are, it makes sense. It's truth. So having people that are in different healthcare professions hearing the words that a CPAP is saying and having it say, yes, exactly, that's, that's what we're talking about. But you put it better. You've got it really tightly integrated. And to me, that's the opportunity for chiropractors. Well, uh, I think most people have picked your uh, accent by now being a, uh, originally a New Yorker, Steve. And that sounds, so that's, that's, that, that's, uh, that's interesting. And, and certainly having uh, Pran Yanda, that's, that's a great sort of background. He's obviously done a, a mountain of work in the area of uh, rehabilitation and, uh, and I guess a great footing for you to, to move into the uh, area of, of postural correction. Now, as chiropractors, I mean, we, we obviously, it's fundamental to our practice, but as practitioners, do you think we do posture well or, or do you think we can improve? I, I think that the definitions of what we do, what we try to do, what we can do, and how to do it well need to shift. Use, use the word that I'm going to uh, come back to. You said posture correction. Uh, people use that phrase. They'll use fixed posture, correct posture, uh, um, make posture normal. And one thing about posture is it's functional. It's unique to your body, your, your genetic your skeleton, your body mass, your habit patterns, your injuries are all unique to the life that you've led. Mm. Ultimately, your posture is what you're doing to keep your body vertical. Your, your skeleton is inherently unstable. You're talking about ball and socket joints balancing in three dimensions. 
dimensions. Um, and any deviation from vertical requires muscular co-contraction in order to maintain any kind of stability. But this happens so quickly, you don't know what happened. You don't, you don't see it, but it is happening. And that's happening is occurring because of a very, very tight, both biomechanic and, uh, and neurologic feedback loop that you're not thinking about. But that's what your posture is. And chiropractors affect it more than we realize. But in addition to affecting it, trying to retrain it in a direction creates a tremendous leverage to both help adjustments to, uh, to hold more effectively, help the person to feel better and stay better more quickly. But also, when, when you do it with a communication set of them understanding the why of it, to engage them. Whereas when you go to a chiropractor, it's you go, go in there and the chiropractor is doing his thing and you're just kind of being passive. But when your patient becomes part of the process and the exercises become both diagnostic and therapeutic in such that I couldn't do this and now I can do that because you're chunking it in very, very fine progressive gradations and they can feel the difference in, what, in the way that they're functioning, not just with the exercise, but in those motions in daily life, then they become more engaged with doing them as part of what they normally do. And then the benefit becomes when they are doing it on a daily basis and they can feel like, well, yesterday I could do this. Now I'm tightening up like this in a little subtle way. But when they then know that, they come in, they get adjusted, and you adjust them. And they say, oh, doctor, thank you. Now I can move better. You're creating a positive relationship that's empowering the patient and engaging them them to keep on behaving intelligently of doing the daily posture exercises. Now, we live in a digital age, uh, and in many ways that's uh, terrible for posture, text neck, text back, uh, you know, we're talking of sitting as being the new smoking and, and all these sorts of problems, and I think in many ways uh, posture has become more interesting and more important for chiropractors uh, given that sort of environment that we, uh, that we live in. But I guess um, this digital age has also created uh, great opportunities because we now can take uh, digital photos uh, of patients so that they can really see themselves and understand themselves about where their posture is at. And you mentioned the word about engaging patients before and um, how, do you, how, how beneficial do you think it is in taking digital photos? And particularly, you've got your own Posture Zone app, uh, which I'm assuming that you incorporate these digital photos into teaching people about posture. Your assumption is true, and yes, Posture Zone is, we think, the best app for looking at posture. But many people will tell me that they don't want to use an app, they don't want to know how to do it. And we tell them, just take a picture or any camera, because the beginning of, of, a set, of addressing posture is creating awareness. And the, 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 public, the public health message that, that Body Zone and Posture Month and our efforts all focus on is what's called is called ACE, acing your posture. And ACE stands for awareness, control, and environment. Because you're right, there's a lot of opportunities with posture with the greater awareness of the the epidemiologic uh, consequences of sitting and being flexed, as well as the social behaviors with technology of phones and Pokemon posture, people walking into fountains, uh, playing 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 video games. But the opportunities are focused in general on making money. And so there's marketers that are out there selling all kinds of gizmos and gadgets to people because we live in that kind of society. And chiropractors can sell, quote unquote, things to people as well. But one of my big, 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 big um, 
buttons is chiropractic has the potential to make a far greater contribution in world than we've made. And this is one of my uh, strong objections to people that pathologize posture, that make it into a disease. And you can all, when you look at posture from a functional perspective, it's strong and weak. And if it's weak, we can teach you how to strengthen it, but that's empowering you. Telling you that you've got bad posture is putting you out of fact and you need me to fix it. And that's, to me, not the kind of relationship that will lend itself to the chiropractic profession to become a lot stronger from a cultural relevance perspective. Mm. Um, but I, I think that from, a, from a everybody's awareness, we do a lot of um, media. I, I get a lot of requests for interviews. I just did a national TV clip that they recorded last week. Um, I said no to a um, uh, an interview um, yesterday because I didn't have the time this week and the, being in the position of saying no to interviews is pretty cool mm. um, because there's, pe there's people out there that want to have more information about posture the problem is there's a lot of data out there and this is where I think there's more potential for the chiropractic profession than it's generally realized because if we can if we can seize leadership and leadership happens by doing, not asking permission, but just going there and being out front and doing it in a way that other people get behind, then the other benefits of chiropractic as well can become more aware because the people that are getting treated are getting better. I guess it comes down to, uh, you know, if we really want to make neuroplastic changes to the nervous system, it has to be something that has the patient actively involved because they need to be doing it on a repetitive basis to make a difference. I mean, we can do great things as chiropractors in the times that we're with our patients, but uh, I guess, it, like you said, it really is about empowering them to uh, take control and to be doing the things that are so important between their visits or in addition to their visits. Tell us a little bit about your strong posture exercise program and how you implement that in practice. You're asking me nice questions. I'm trying to figure out where to address where to address that from because the things that we've done have have very much evolved. And from one perspective, if I were going to describe the strong posture protocols about why they work so well, I would say that there's there's something called attentional focus, which ties which ties into some really cool neurologics of how you, when you focus attention on something, you're pulling other neuronal assemblies into play, and that is changing what can be recruited and changing how new motor patterns can be can be enforced. Um, when you when, when you're basically concentrating on it, but doing it where there's a very very tight kind of attention focus. And I say it like this because when we first started teaching, we talked about that and called it dialed in because you could we could, I, we could, you could see the, the, the mental state that people were getting into. Um, and it's only been the last five years that there's been a bunch of research about using attentional focus for motor control learning. And when, when I've been seeing that, it's like we were doing this before that research came out, but we didn't have that name to it. Yeah. The way that we started teaching and the way that we do teach is by looking at three elements of posture. Posture is not, people look at posture as merely the alignment that you see when you view somebody from the front and side. And that's true, but there's also two other elements. It's how you're balancing because motion is dynamic and you're constantly changing that alignment in order to maintain balance in dynamic motion. 
And looking at posture with an, with, with an app in a static standing position is a pretty good proxy for how they're going to be moving. And it's way simpler and way less data than looking at a video of somebody moving. And if you can work on working the, pot, the standing posture towards symmetry, you'll usually see improvements in how they move as well. But the, the very simplistic reductionist point of view of just getting everything stand, in line when you're standing up, even if there is strain on the system, even if there's an inability to control it, um, is what I don't want to foster. What I want to foster is engaging the person in feeling how they're moving well with control. So when they come to me, I can help them to move better by unlocking it with an adjustment using a, uh, using an instrument that's soft tissue mobilization to unlock tight fascia or massage to unlock, t- unlock tight muscles and to teach them how to feel their body better, which then engages them to keep on doing the exercises to appreciate what's being done rather than here's a sheet, do this because I said so, which will last for as long as the pain lasts. Mm. How do you, one of the challenges, of course, with uh, any kind of exercise program or, or lifestyle advice is compliance. Um, how do you engage your patients so they, they follow through with, uh, with their exercises? Really good, really good point. They need to be doing whatever exercise that they're doing perfectly. And the more tightly they do it, they, the more they can perceive when they've, when they've improved. Um, what I was saying before, we teach exercises on three tracks, focusing first on balance, then on alignment, then on motion. And we use what's called must versus try cueing. You must do this. You want to try to do that. Um, we don't start with neck retraction kinds of exercises, but we do do them quickly along the way with alignment. But as an illustration, the must for the head position is you must keep it level, and then you want to try to translate it posterior. Mm-hmm. And if you look at a patient Monday morning and you stand in front of them and you say, look at me, keep your head level, and move your, and pull your head straight back, don't look up, if they've got any kind of forward head posture, they're going to translate into extension mm. of the head because of adaptive uh, both fascial and muscular changes in the suboccipital area as well as motion patterns, neurologic and muscular, that they've learned that as a first functionally compensatory and then structurally adaptive motion. An adjustment of a cervical spine can help unlock that, and they then will move somewhat differently, but they're going to keep on going back to that pattern of motion. And in terms of engaging them in an exercise that they're doing because, hey, this feels better, the more consistent you are with the messaging, and the more the messaging of how to do the exercise is, is, is literally melded with messaging about biomechanics using those five posture principles, the more they get it and they say, you know what? I do this because I can feel the difference. They only follow your direction so far. Once you, once they feel better, in, in the States, there's a saying, once the pain's gone, so is the patient. Mm. You need to engage them in a way that it feels better to, their, to them, for their body, because I know my body, and everybody feels the same way, and especially in today's world, because of all the hyper-education and hyper-data. If you can touch somebody about their body and teach them how their body moves better, and what that they can help themselves, you, you, you're earning credibility. If, it, if the game is, come to me, I'm the doctor, I'm going to help you, and you're going to say thank you very much, that game was great back in 1980, but this ain't the 1980s. If the game is, I'm going to work with you to help you work, know your body better, be able to control your body better, 
and be more aware of your body and go from that awareness to consciousness, that's where the ACE acronym comes from. Awareness, control, and environment. Environment being things like the kind of bed you sleep on to the desk to the pillows to the other things that we use that and that other people are selling to address posture. But positioning us as the ones that are tying it all together. I really love that um, ACE anagram and, and, and the must-try that you talked about. You, you must do this, but let's try and do that if you can. It sort of, I guess, it, it, put, it puts a standard, okay, come on, let's just do at least do this, but there's something a little bit more. And I guess that's that balance too is uh, you know, gently pushing people to the next level and in some cases, especially with the athletic population, trying to hold them back and not get them jump uh, too far forward. On that note, um, there's been a lot of very good research, especially in the physiotherapy world, about gluteal activation. Um, the idea that people, with particularly people with chronic low back pain, uh, will often have underactive gluteals and, in some cases, overactive paraspinals, uh, to the point where you know doing a lot of squats and lunges, which might be great if they have really good motor control, but might not be so good if they if they have uh, poor gluteal awareness. Do you sort of, um, is this part of your program as well, sort of this idea of uh, gluteal activation? Yes, kind of, sort of, indirectly, not always. Right, okay. If <laughs> <laughs> sitting on a fen the fence just a little bit there, Stephen? <laughs> Well, because there's there's about three implicit assumptions in the question that yes, you know, okay. I, I don't want to dissect line by line, um, and, and so that's why I gave you a stacked yeah. a stacked response like that. Um, let me let me take it. Let me direction, uh, and actually, this works well. One. Um, I don't know if you know who Erwin Kaur was, but he said that your body moves in patterns of whole motions, not individual muscles. Mm. And you, you and I can talk back and forth and back all these different muscles, but if I tell you, Anthony, I want you to, so I want you to contract your left multifidus between L3 and L4, mm. you're going to look at me like I'm crazy because you, cause you don't have that granularity of motor control. No. And... What we do is by teaching people to move in to move in whole motions, but with an attentional focus on a more granular control along those three tracks of balance, alignment, and motion, we find faults in motion or, or weaknesses in, in control that they didn't know was there. And by using the attentional focus that we spoke about, where we teach them how to find that using the must versus try cueing to focus on that one point and you mentioned you mentioned athletes and once upon a time i thought that all athletes had amazing control of their body and especially today with some of the training things that are going on to really boost performance that are great in some ways they become better at using adaptive motion patterns and trick movements mm -hmm. to skip over something to make something else work more yeah. which may work okay at some level but then they get to the point where there's a structural or, or architectural limitation and something gives and the ac joint blows or they tear a labrum or whatever the or the back goes whatever the weakness happens to be and then they go into rehab and then even in rehab a lot of the pt rehab that i see is focused more on that on that one joint problem and not looking at the overall body of movement I mean, one one demo that we'll do in the in the class that you can that you can do right now 
If you take your right hand and put it on your low back, uh, uh, find L5 spinous process. Move a little bit lateral so you're pressing in, so you're kind of in the, the lamina, which means that you're on multifidus. And just palpating there. And then take the other arm and lift it up and push it back and put it down and lift it up and down slowly. And if you do, you'll feel some co-contraction on the other side of the deep multifidus. If you then try to move your arm up and down and not move that multifidus, you won't be able to. Once you feel it, you'll find that the right side multifidus contraction is coupled with the left side raising and lowering of your arm. Because reflexively, in order to maintain balance, you learn that you, as a child, as part of learning gait, you learn that you need to contract the contralateral spinal muscles when there's more mass going away from your body center of gravity, where the arm going up. And the asymmetries that happen because of trick movements of up and down the different layers of muscles become insanely complex. So you can't, I think a lot of the rehab things focusing on simple muscles alone are um, missing a bigger point mm. of you need to regain, you need to retrain the whole motion. And I'm not saying that the strong posture protocols are the be-all and end-all of all rehab all the time, because you do want to do many other things. But I will say that if you're doing any other thing on top of functional asymmetry up and down the axial spine and that way the axial spine is functioning in the simplicity of standing tall and then the somewhat more complexity uh, and then the, 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 then the dramatically more complexity of walking and then the even more complexity of doing anything more complex than walking, if you're starting on a week on a week basis of how what your symmetry is standing tall in static alignment, any rehab you're doing on top of that is going to be adaptive and compensatory, mm. and offsetting the and, and often setting the seeds for the next problem, which is good from a practice from a practice building point of view, but it's not good from a patient point of view. No, it's interesting what you said about the athletes before. I think uh, sometimes they are the the most magnificent compensators. Um, uh, but as you said, that if the if the if the fundamentals aren't there, they'll they'll often break down. If not in their sport, then um, in other ways. Um, now you, right, have, I'll tell okay. you. Let, let me tell you a story about about, about athletes that you'll yeah. that fits in. Um, I, I've I've taken care of athletes that are far better athletes than I. But when you show them a very simple balance, but using some muscle versus try in it, they find they can't do it. And mm. it's really funny when you look at these young teenage athletes that are beautiful physical specimens and I'm a 62 year old guy that I'm in good shape but I'm not a muscle person and I don't have any desire to be mm. and they look at me and it's like wait a minute I can't do this and you're doing this and they get really competitive and, don't they? and they come back <laughs> and they can do it awesomely after that and that's yes. what I want you want to get them finding their weakness because if someone's strong, if you can strengthen their weakest link, yes. you can make far more of a difference than if you're going to try to strengthen their strongest link. Yes, it's it's so it's so wonderful to see the their yes, it's so wonderful to see their competitive juices just uh, come flowing when when you can point out those sorts of things to them. Um, now you've I've seen a, a few certified posture programs around. Uh, you have one. It's called uh, Certified Posture Exercise Professional. Um, what's it all about? How does it work? 
Well, CPEP is the program that we've developed and that we've been teaching um, we, basically for the past almost 10 years now. And we have CPEPs in, uh, I think, like 25 countries and most of the U.S. states. But we've been almost all U.S.-based, which is why going to Australia this, this year is kind of interesting for us and I'm looking forward to hopefully making some alliances with people that we can work with down there to help spread some of the work that we're doing. Um, CPAP is, okay, there's, there's two different categories of other things out there, um, things that are technique-based, like look at posture like this and then do this to fix that. Um, CPEP is technique independent. It, however, there's other uh, posture things out there that are more PT or more trainer or more exercise based. Ours is has got chiropractic baked in. The idea that the the chiropractic idea that the spine's really important and that adjusting the spine to promote symmetry of function so that you can't have more symmetric neural control that's more accurate. Um, it is baked into the ideas of strong posture rather than baked on, as many other things are. And so this is why most CPEPs are doctors of chiropractic. But there are CPEPs that are massage people as well as trainers, and they often work with chiros because they realize that segmental adjustment is really important as well. And the other part about CPEP is that it's academic as well. Um, the the on online course is good for CE in all 50 states. We probably should be looking at getting CE in Australia. I don't know if we have it or not, and I'm making a note to get that done before we go down there. That's a really good point. Um, but we're good for CE in all, in, in almost in, in, all the, in all the U.S. states that allow online CE. Um, I've taught in most of the U.S. states. I was just at the National Conference in Florida Chiropractic Association, which is the largest conference in chiropractic in the world. There's 3,000 chiropractors there last weekend. And additionally, certification requires demonstrating proficiency. It's not just an online training certification mill, um, but it requires you to show to someone that you're both doing it and cueing it like this. And almost not every single time, if you because we are using a very tightly defined must versus try cueing, it becomes a, a personal training coaching because whatever issues you have, and we all have issues, are the things that you tend to not see. It, it's amazing how that works. Mm, yes. um, and... And it's just the way that it is. And the other part of it is that we also have the Posture Zone app. That's a free app. Um, there's a pro version. It's like 30 bucks, but it's one time forever. There's no per-use fees. But it's a free app that talks about posture from, again, a whole body, non-pathologizing, promoting awareness point of view. And, and so but, but the more people that you can show how to use the free app, Mary, you're feeling a lot better. You've got a phone. Download the app. I'll take your picture. You can go home and show your husband how much better he's doing. Right. Mary goes home. Does she show her husband the picture? No. She says, honey, stand up straight. I'll take your picture. Yes. And then you're gauging, engaging them in looking at posture from a posture zone point of view. Posture is how head balances on torso, torso and pelvis, and all three balance over where you're standing. Right. Lower extremity. Yep. And, 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 and by having a way to quantify that, to measure that, to benchmark it, and then to to, to come back and after you've done something, to compare it and, to, and that the patient on a free app, they can flip back and forth or you on a $30 app, you can generate a report and email it to them. It, it, and Oh, by the way, on the free app, it does pop up with a, do you want to find a local posture, a posture professional? 
and right. those are the CPEPs. So yeah. the idea of CPEP is building a, a community of people that are promoting posture in the world, and we help them. We do BodyZone, our company does PostureMonth.org, which is an annual focus on posture. And this is one reason we've gotten a ton of media about that. Uh, and it's it basically it's a real program. It's not something that's that's put out by one of the uh, chiropractic email marketers that charge ten grand a month to market stuff to show it. It's about teaching the public, teaching the world, teaching other professionals about posture. With the idea that, yes, segmental motion is important, and this is why you want to be addressing it. That's what I do as well as strength and posture. I'm a chiropractor. I think that's really cool. I actually didn't realize that um, your uh, app would be used could be used by patients. So I guess it's a free download. If they can be taking photos of their husbands and children and so forth, that, that brings yep. in a whole different level of yep. engagement, doesn't it's it? That is precisely why we did it. And we, I mean, I cannot, I cannot begin to tell you how much work, time, dollars goes goes into doing things like this. Um, the investment that we're making is. You asked me how I started in in this game, um, and I told you one version of this story, which was true. But another version is I've been on the board of directors of, of two different managed care credentialing companies, and that basically a managed care company is if it, to, to, to go to a doctor you need you need to be on you need to be on the list, and we worked with insurance companies to credential doctors that were doing things according to protocols and I made a total of zero dollars doing that we got involved with it because it thought it made sense in terms of doing the right thing and I saw that there was a potential that we weren't realizing and in terms of shifting the profession I've been active on the state board uh, I've been involved in a lot of different things with the association and I kept on saying, somebody should be doing something. Somebody should be doing something. And I said that to enough friends. And in one week, I had three friends telling me, well, Stephen, why don't you do something? Yes. And I, I know who they are. And I'm not sure I totally forgive them because it totally <laughs> changed the course of my life. But I, I see a potential for chiropractic to make a far greater social contribution than we've been able to make thus far by positioning ourselves as helping people to stand taller to move better, to be posture aware, to take control of their posture, and to do smart things to move well. Fantastic. Uh, Steve, look, that's been absolutely awesome. I really appreciate you sharing uh, your, your wisdom with uh, our listeners. And, and of course, uh, many of them will hear in a lot more detail about, uh, about uh, posture and about the programs that you have available at the upcoming CAA conference. Uh, thanks so much for spending time with us uh, today. I look thank thank you, Anthony. I look forward to it. And the docs that come to the conference will come away with a ton of information for mo Monday morning to start really incorporating the strong posture concepts and exercises and the models into what they're doing. And the big proof of the pudding is what patients say. If they want to see information, go to posturepractice.com and see what other doctors are saying. And notice that the doctor's first name, last name, city, not first name, uh, initial JK from Cincinnati or some nonsense like that. The people that, would, that work with us tell us that the patients love what they're doing. Fantastic. All right, well, there you have it. So that was uh, Dr. Stephen Weiniger, and he's one of the many great keynote speakers that we'll have at the upcoming CAA conference. That's it for me. Thanks for listening. Go forward with passion and purpose, and I look forward to chatting with you again on our next CAA podcast.